Hey there folks, it's just me, Matt, again, and welcome to another episode of the Euphoria Health Podcast. For any new listeners out there, as I mentioned before, my name is Matt Sapala and I am your host. I started this platform to help educate and empower as many people as I possibly can to incorporate more healthful, sustainable habits into their life. I'm a qualified personal trainer and currently studying a Bachelor of Health Science majoring in nutrition. This podcast is my opportunity to help people create long-lasting habits and not fall into the trap of quick fixes and quick results. I'm a coach that preaches sustainability, therefore you won't see me promoting any quick sort of fixes or quick sort of challenges. I focus more on longevity and creating sustainability through our actions. I've said it before and I'll continue to say it again. I want to be the coach that is not your quick fix, but is your only fix. In saying that, friends, I'm so delighted to bring you this week's special guest and CrossFit Games athlete as well as super mum, Kara Saunders. Kara is an incredibly inspiring woman who is changing the stigma associated with women's sport. For anyone that is new to the sport of CrossFit, it is essentially a sport that tests fitness in all domains, from weightlifting to swimming, running, bike riding, and everything in between, literally everything. To be a master of this craft takes a lot of dedication, physical and emotional strength, and resilience. Willpower is also essential, and a whole heap of mental toughness is required. Kara is a competitor in the CrossFit Games, which is essentially the Olympics of CrossFit. At the CrossFit Games, the fittest athletes in the sport go and strut their stuff on the competition floor to be crowned the fittest man or woman on earth. Kara has featured in the CrossFit Games seven times, with the year 2017 being a standout for her, placing the second fittest in the world, a mammoth effort. During today's chat, Kara and I discuss a whole array of topics from nutrition, movement, patterns of mental toughness and resilience, as well as motherhood and what it took to come back to the sport of CrossFit postpartum. This episode is an absolute goodie and a real pinch me moment. I remember watching Kara on TV during the CrossFit Games and just thinking, wow, this woman is incredible. Now to sit across from her and have a good old fashioned chat was surreal. Thanks, Kara, for shedding light on the life of a professional athlete and for being so open and honest during today's chat. I hope you enjoy the show as much as I did, folks, and I'll see you on the other side. Kara Saunders, welcome to the Euphoria Health Podcast. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm going good. I'm going good. We we're just having a little bit of technical difficulties and that was pretty much COVID in a nutshell for me podcasting via Zoom, like trying to make sure the audio <laughs> sounded good, microphones and whatnot. But no, we got here in the end, which is great. Finally made it. You'd think we'd be better at it by now. <laughs> I know, six months in and we're still struggling how to find the right Zoom link and stuff. I know that was me personally last week getting on the different podcasts and like... We sent each other three different Zoom links. Yeah, absolute nightmare, but that's the story for a different time. We were chatting off air a little bit about what a crazy year 2020 has been, Cara, and I know we can't even figure out the right adjective to describe how it's been, but for the listeners at home, give us a little bit of an insight of what 2020 has been for you. 
Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So there's like a few moving parts for me, I guess, in 2020. And, you know, in a nutshell, I think it's just been, I try and look at it a little bit more as an opportunity because usually when things are challenging or, you know, just out of your comfort zone, um, out of your normal realm, it forces you to look at things a little bit differently to either survive or to progress or, you know, excel or whatever it is. And uh, yeah, we've definitely had our fair share of um, struggles in our household when it comes like, you know, even on a business front. And then obviously we've got a young daughter. So we've been trying to navigate, you know, the first year of life and now into the second year of life for our daughter, having to be confined in our home a lot of the times and, you know, missing a lot of, um, you know, a lot of developmental things that that kids go through outside and those firsts that you get as a parent too. Um, so we've had to be pretty creative in that aspect. And then, you know, we did, um, we owned a gym, which we have just recently sort of made a decision to step away from. And that was a huge part due to COVID. Um, you know, it brought some challenges in our business that were just, was kind of like, just one too many challenges and we got put in a really, really difficult position and had to make a hard decision that was best for our family. And so we've gone through that. Um, you know, I launched another company, Active Eyewear, in the same, like right in the middle of COVID. And we had been building this for like a really long time. And we were like, do we go ahead or not go ahead? So we had, we launched a company and then hoped that it was received well and that we were able to do that and ran our business, you know, via correspondence with my partners because we couldn't be in the same space at the same time often and then yeah then you know my my main job being a professional athlete became me training in my backyard you know bringing some stuff home from the gym and putting it in the backyard and just being confined in this little square space and dealing with the weather and my child and you know having your work and your family and 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 um your exercise all in the one space it was uh <laughs> a lot changed it was um yeah, it was. It's been a hectic roller coaster of a year. There was there was not sort of just like one thing. It kind of, yeah, it shifted a lot of things around. But it it really has given Matt and myself the opportunity to have a look at our life and figure out what was really really important and to kind of like cut some ties and um, put a lot of energy and effort into things that are more important, which I am really grateful for. It sounds like you've had about ten years worth of growth in like <laughs> a six month period. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I've. Yeah, it's about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's so about crazy. That. So, so yeah. crazy, Cara. And like being a mum in itself is a full-time job or being a parent in itself is a full-time job. And then you pair that together with COVID having to stimulate your children like 24-7, confined to four walls inside. And then you pair that again, being a professional athlete and, and training at home in something that you usually sort of, I guess, quote unquote, use that as sort of me time, if I'm wrong. Um, how have you found bringing your your work home and, and having everything in that sort of one environment? What sort of challenges does that possess and sort of what sort of benefits does that also possess? Yeah, look, um, there were definitely some really great benefits. Like I think um, being a new mum, so with like a, you know, with a baby and for the first time, it was actually a lot easier to not have to go as many places and to be able to like, you know, like I've been breastfeeding her for a long time and, you know, to be in the comfort of our own home for the majority of that and not have to try and navigate that out in public as much and in meetings and things like that and being able to do those kind of things and be intimate with her at home, I was really, really grateful for. Um, and then obviously just having the opportunity to spend more time with her, 
and more time as a family at home I think yeah that was definitely a blessing in disguise because otherwise you know we just kind of get stuck into life and things just get a little bit crazy and you can miss those moments and I definitely felt like a weight off trying to juggle being a mom and doing all of that kind of stuff um, because we were all stuck at home so um, yeah just wasn't expected to kind of like travel or be as many places and I was able to sort of parent a little bit more the way I wanted so that was a huge benefit for me um one of the hardest things I think was just not having a place to relax and switch off you know like there's just only so many rooms in your house there's only so much space in your house and um you know when you've got like I'm training in the backyard and then I'm you know parenting and cooking and cleaning and you know doing all of those things inside the house and then doing business and meetings I found it really difficult to differentiate um, you know, the different segments in, or to, to segregate the portions of my life within my home. And so I found it really hard to stop. I found it really hard to like, just, you know, if you go to work for the day or you leave the house and you go to the gym and you train or you go to work and then you come home and you cook dinner and you can put your feet up. Um, I didn't ever feel like I could sit down and put my feet up without feeling like there was more work to do, more training to do, more parenting things to do, cleaning things to do, just because I was in that space all the time. And, um, you know, by the time I got to competing in September, I think it was, I was just so burnt out because it, I would just, I, I didn't really do a very good job of switching off. Um, and it was like a combination of factors too, but um, that was a huge one for me. And, something since then that I've been really working on is learning to um yeah like have places to work and have places and times to clean and parent and do all of those kind of things and trying to segregate things so that I can give myself the opportunity to rest and recover because otherwise you know we're human we burn out and then nothing gets done so um yeah it was, it was definitely a tricky a, a hurdle you know to say the least but I think I'm a little bit wiser for it now moving forward, you know, into some of the real developmental stages of my life now, you know, in my early thirties, I'm setting up businesses and trying to make things good for the long term for our family. So I'm pretty grateful that I've learned this lesson when I have and not, you know, 10 years down the track when it's too late. Yeah, totally, Cara. I could not agree more. And this year has like possessed so many different challenges for different people, whether that's, you know, having to shut down businesses or change their whole life trajectory um, or, you know, it's changed things for the better. It's made you realise who, you know, the true meaningful connections that you want to create within your life and, and build on those. And I don't know about you, but this year, like, and the people that I've been speaking to, I feel like I need a holiday just from this year, even though we haven't been working so much. It's just the the emotional side of things has been so taxing always being so fixated on um on a number and things that we can't control like for example the the COVID stats and also I totally agree with what you were saying before about not having the ability to be able to switch off during that time because you know you like usually your home is where you separate your work and and your home life but having them morph together there's really it's really hard to distinguish the two yeah, 100%. And then like, you know, normally, you know, for me personally, like I would normally travel for work a lot and something that I really, really enjoy. And it gives me the opportunity to go and interact with other people and, and to, to feed off other people. And then you take that away as well. And, um, and that brings its, you know, you know, additional challenges. So um, yeah, it's definitely been, I, I totally get what you're saying. And I'm, I mean, I feel the same where you just kind of need 
yeah, need a little bit of like an emotional deload. Like I think, I think the whole world just needs to take a moment to like have a look at what they can do to take some stress off and to just slow down a little bit and just get back to the basics of feeling good. And, you know, for me, that's something that I've, you know, since I moved house recently, that has been a number one priority for me because I'm just, I can't show up as a mom and I can't show up as an athlete and a wife and a business owner very well if I don't fix something and I don't take some of that, you know, that just systemic stress away, that constant sort of state of stress um, away. So yeah, I think that's, that's really important and everyone should be doing that at the end of the year, spend some time with family, turn your phones off and just sit quietly. (laughs) So, so true. The thing we've been relying on to connect each other for so, so long is now almost like required to be turned off and shut off now that we have human connection again. A hundred percent. Like I, yeah, I went back into, um, back in the gym not long ago into a friend's gym and I came home. I said to my husband, I'm like, oh my, I am socially struggling. I'm like, I don't even know how to have a conversation. I'm awkward. I don't know what to say. I'm like, I've just been around like very few people for so long and I've been around a toddler. So I'm like, I just, I don't even know how to converse and how to like, you know, celebrate or be in like a, you know, an environment where you can just like have a drink and relax and talk about anything other than like your kid or your job. Like I need to learn that all over again. (laughs) I love it. I've just got this picture of you walking around talking to people like a toddler all the time. It's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) The the topic of conversation is going to be either workouts or Scotty, the one and a half year old. (laughs) (laughs) Love it, Cara. Now on the, the theme of workouts, I you're an incredible CrossFit athlete. And Cara, I know CrossFit is something that you either know and you're very immersed in or you don't really know about it at all. And I guess if you're caught in between the middle and you don't know how to describe CrossFit, what would be the way that you would describe that to someone who's never heard of it before, before we take this conversation any further? Yeah, so the way I've, how I've always understood and viewed CrossFit is that it will, it essentially is a strength and conditioning program uh, that is essentially something that would create a foundation and a base level of very diverse fitness and skills and strength and pretty much just a little bit of everything for absolutely any person. It's been designed, you know, to make any human being physically capable, whether you're a little kid or the elderly, no matter if you have a disability or whatever it is, you know, the foundation is to build your best strength and conditioning program uh, with scalable options. That that definition and the way that I understand it is something that's definitely gotten a little bit lost as we've become a professional sport with professional athletes and um, which is kind of sad because I really hope that people do sort of understand that they really can be welcomed into, into such a really great um, fitness regime and to really see it for what it is. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there, Cara, and I like following the, been following CrossFit for quite some time now, and I've seen the the sort of transition into that realm and seen people be deterred from it because you see the fittest of the fit people competing in that realm. And um, it's sort of, it's hard for someone who's stepping into the gym for the first time to go stand next to someone who is clean and jerking 100 kilos, you know what I mean? So having Mm -hmm. that sort of bridging the gap between the two, I feel like has lost in in the past couple of years as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think, you know, the, um, 
the CrossFit Games became a thing and, you know, there were all these, like, superhuman athletes, like, you know, taking the sport above and beyond, taking the program above and beyond and doing things that we just didn't even think were really um, possible, which is super cool. And, you know, like every sport has its high professional level, but for some reason because this is, uh, you know, with a sport of fitness, you know, that's how CrossFit sort of defines itself is it's, it's the sport of fitness. So it's run in sort of like regular gyms and is really accessible to a lot of people. So they often, you know, think that they have to be at that standard to, yeah, to be able to do it. And um, it's really sad. I hate that actually. Um, you know, Matt, my husband and I talk about it and we're like, you know, you can go and play football at your local club and you don't expect to go and be in the Brisbane Broncos tomorrow you know like but for some reason you know people sort of start CrossFit and they feel like they have to be like the CrossFit Games athletes within a month and um yeah and they kind of miss out on the opportunity that they can get from just like the daily strength and conditioning program um and the skills and everything like that so um and you know that's the thing that I believe in more than ever like I obviously train at the competitive level and I love doing that but I really do love the foundation of the program and what that offers everyday people yeah, absolutely, Cara. I could not agree more. And my whole philosophy through the podcast and through my personal training business as well is just getting people moving. And I think that is the most important thing is we can strip it right back down to basics and get people just moving their bodies and enjoy moving their bodies. I think that that's where the magic happens. 100%. The, the one thing with that, obviously, is that we often have to push our ego and our pride away. And, um, you know, the expectations of ourself and, and focus a little bit more on, you know, the, how you want to feel, you know, and how you want to live your days. And I think if people can take a moment to kind of just shift that and just not judge themselves and not judge others and just sort of enjoy how it makes them feel on like a real, you know, chemical and emotional level, then we'd be in a much better place. Yeah, totally, Cara. And I'd love to unpack the mental side of the sport at an elite level a little bit later on in the podcast. But I want to bring it right back for the listeners at home and, and talk to us a little bit about what life was like for Cara growing up. And was CrossFit always a part of your life? When did you find out about that? Oh, yeah, no, definitely not. Um, I So growing up, I was always like just a really high energy, active kid. Um, I I did swimming in primary school. So up until I was like, I don't know, maybe 12 or so. And um, I did just kind of like club swimming. And it was mainly because I had a single mom and she was at work all the time and we lived across the road from my school. So it was just much more accessible for me to go to swimming training because I could walk myself there. And um, I, it was also like a little bit of a babysitter. It kind of kept me occupied, made me tired in a good way um, <laughs> before I, you know, instead of coming home and watching TV or whatever while she was still at work. So um, yeah, I, I think swam. that's what all community sport is at a young age, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, legit. It totally is. But yeah, I would swim twice a day. Um, so before school and after school. Um, and then I went to high school and I stopped all exercise. It was funny. Like I just kind of went to the school and um, for whatever reason, just being like an odd teenage girl, I just didn't want to stand out. I didn't want to like be different. I always like look different because I was like quite muscular and strong and, you know, very athletic. And um, I went to a school that was kind of like a little bit out of what I knew because I grew up, my mom and I didn't really have any money and it was very basic living and um she kind of like put her money into sending me to like a private girls school which you know costs more than just going to a regular public school and um I felt a little bit out of place 
and you know I couldn't do the things that the other girls would do and um, you know just in the way of life just purely based off funding and so I didn't want to stand out so I stopped doing any sport and tried to just sort of fit into what everybody else was doing didn't do anything for the entire you know for all of high school and then about a year or two out of high school I was just sort of working a job going out with friends you know being 18 19 over here like you know go drink on the weekends and you know go to parties and then work during the week or whatever um, and do some study and I got to a point where I was like I just don't feel very good I don't feel like I'm going anywhere I feel really unhealthy I feel a bit blobby like I feel yucky from the inside out and um, so I joined a gym and I just went to a regular gym started working out started feeling a million times better someone introduced CrossFit to me and I was like this is really cool like you have to think about it um, rather than just kind of like aimlessly working out with like no purpose and I liked that I had to think about it and I could set goals and so I thrived in that environment and you know I excelled very quickly because I was just I was mentally spiritually emotionally physically just every kind of thriving um, in that environment just being challenged in those ways it was something that I really needed and then I just rolled with it I kind of just said I'm having a lot of fun I'm going to roll with this keep working really hard and it just took me good places and you know, from there until forever, it'll just be a part of my life, just working out, doing CrossFit, being active, you know, forever. Yeah, I totally love that, how like often the best things, they come when we're, when we're not expecting them or we're not looking that. And it's so true. Like you look back now to 18 year old Cara, would you have thought that, you know, you're the person or the woman that you are today back then? No way. No way. I literally thought, um, you know, like I was kind of studying at the time. I thought I would be just kind of a bit of a recluse. I imagine myself finishing my degree um, and just kind of like maybe living in an apartment, like save up, buy a place for myself, be really independent. I didn't really think that I would ever end up like getting married and having kids. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'll even get there. Like I, you know, I didn't really like have boyfriends in school or anything. So I was just, I don't know. I was just like, oh, maybe that's just kind of how it'll be. I'll just kind of like hustle in what I do and that's it. And um yeah, I never would have thought. I think if you ask anyone, you know, anyone sort of through high school, like maybe in primary school, um, but I think if you had to ask anyone, um, yeah, through through high school, there's no way they would think that I would be where I am today either. So, but I, I opened myself up to opportunity and I just rode the wave and it works. So now that's just kind of something I live by. Yeah, I think that's probably the main message for this year as well, ride the wave, because we literally aren't in control as much as we think we are. No, and if you if you try and fight it you know, a little bit too much, I think, yeah, you just end up somewhere that you're not supposed to be. So I try and just enjoy the good things that come and just grasp them um, because you don't know, you know, when something challenging is going to happen, like take COVID, for example, you know. Um, but luckily I, I've you know, taken grasp of some really good things and I live really good days. So yeah, maybe it hasn't affected me as much as it could have, um, you know? So yeah, I think that, yeah, that's definitely sort of a valuable lesson that I learned and something that I'll just keep doing, just ride the wave, keep an open mind and, you know, just make choices that feel good. Yeah. I love that Cara. And you mentioned earlier that you loved the competition side of things when you first were in, like when you first were introduced to CrossFit, when did that competition start become becoming an actual competition where you were competing for, you know, spots? And when did you start to think, oh, crap, I can make a career out of this? 
Yeah, so I in so I started CrossFit in February of 2011. They did the CrossFit Open, which I think was in March, um, and I didn't know what it was, which you know we know now is the first qualifying stage for the CrossFit Games where anyone in the world can participate in it. So at our local gym, they said, hey, we're doing the Open. Do you want to do it? I said, I don't know what it is. Oh, it's one workout a week for five weeks. And, you know, you go as hard as you can and you get a score worldwide. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll just do it. Like, sounds fun. Um, so this, you know, this is my, this was my social life too at the time. So I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. I did it. And I qualified for the regional stage. So like the equivalent of nationals. And um, like I'd just been doing CrossFit. I'm like, what on earth? I don't even know what this is. Next minute, I'm down in Sydney trying to do all these movements and trying to do this competition. I haven't done any form of competition in like forever. Um, And I was so scared, so nervous, but like loving it at the same time. Came back. I I placed 19th at that regionals. Uh, I came back, just kept training all year, turning up for classes, doing some extras on stuff I needed to work on, whatever made me feel good. Um, And then come around to the open again in 2012. I did it again. And I came fifth in the country and then I went to the regional stage and I won it and I won it like well. And I remember winning it like I remember day two into the three day competition. I was like, and I'm like winning it. I'm like just waiting for it to like blow up. You know, I'm thinking this isn't how it's meant to go. I don't know what's going on. I was just so shocked. And then I get to the last day and I've won it. And I, I don't think I've ever felt so blown over. I was just like, I don't even know how this happened. Like I've just been training. Like what happened? I, I genuinely had no idea that I was good. Um, I just, I was just doing what I loved and working really hard. And I was just so lost in that bubble that I didn't know. And so then I was like, okay, I'll start training a little bit harder and focus on it a little bit more. And um, it just kept growing like month after month, comp after comp, year after year. And it just sort of slowly transitioned over to being my job as I got better and better, but definitely took time to work up to that point. But yeah, it was, uh, it was, I always, uh, I call myself like the accidental athlete. Um, Cause I just, I didn't mean to, I was just training. I was just, I was just doing what I liked and, you know, just did well. And um, yeah, so it was pretty cool actually. But, and then I'd probably say like probably around, you know, somewhere in 2013, end of 2013, going into 2014, I sort of considered myself an athlete. Yeah, I love that, Cara, the accidental athlete. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I might put that as the, the podcast title. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Cara, you mentioned 2013, 2014 was that pivotal sort of moment for you where you thought, look, I'm going to transition and I'm going to, you know, be a full-time athlete. How did that transition go from, I'm not sure what job you were doing at the time, if you were working or what sort of you, what you were doing, how did that transition go from, you know, working as a quote unquote normal person to then being a full-time athlete? I know that is some of the challenges that athletes possess these days is like finding that balance between training full-time to be a full-time athlete in the CrossFit realm to being a normal person and putting food on the table for their family. How did that transition go for you? Yeah, like it definitely didn't happen overnight. Um, and I, so I was like kind of working a retail job or whatever while I was studying and then, um, you know, in the early days and then it sort of started to transition over where I just started to make one choice at a time that kind of, you know, made me a little bit happier and put me in the position that I was doing what I loved. And so, you know, I changed from the retail job to 
you know, working in the fitness industry. And um, at the time I couldn't sort of get a job. I couldn't get enough hours with my, with my CrossFit gym. So I went down to like another regular gym, like a women's only gym. And I was like working their, their desk um, just to be in fitness. Um, and then as more hours opened up in the CrossFit gym, then I started coaching and then I just became like a, a CrossFit coach as my job. Um, so that I could be there and be training as well. And, you know, obviously earning an income and paying the bills and things like that. And then, you know, as an athlete, we kind of start making money from, you know, sponsors and obviously from competition, if you win prize money or whatever, it's kind of like, it's a mess. It's, it's an actual mess. Um, but <laughs> um, so then I, yeah, I got approached and, you know, got my first sponsor and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, someone wants to give me clothes. Okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I like got a, got a sponsor and then you know you start to sort of like understand you, you start to have people follow you and then you know you get better in your sport and then you sort of start to be able to well you fall into a position of influence right um you know we're not like influencers but you do definitely end up being in a position of influence because you're doing something exceptional and and not so common and that becomes you know a source of you know, inspiration for people. And, um, and then that becomes sort of like a portion of your job. That's probably the hardest transition for me, to be honest, is, um, you know, like I still just consider myself and still to this day, I'm like, I'm just like a normal person that works out hard, but you get thrust into this world of, um, okay, well, like if you want to do this, um, there's these other things, like there's this business side of it that come with it. Um, and yeah, you're going to have people follow you and you're going to have to set an example and do all of those things. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just wanted to work out. Um, so it's, it's, it's a tricky transition. Um, but yeah, luckily for me, it's, it's been quite gradual. I improved in my sport quite gradually and I, um, you know, like I transitioned into sort of that more business side of being an athlete more gradually. And, um, and so it, it hasn't been too bad. It, it's, you know, still a little bit weird sometimes. But, um, yeah, I think that the, the one message is just it, it just takes time. Um, I think all good things do. And I think things that are going to be sustainable long term, they do need to take time. And you need to sort of, like, make sure that you, like, align yourself with people and brands and businesses and things like that along the way that are authentic. Otherwise, it's just not going to it's not going to be sustainable. And I guess I wouldn't be where I am, you know, almost 10 years later. Yeah. So true. And like you made that call to start aligning your passions, like you were working a retail call, uh, retail job, sorry. And then you decided to go start working within the fitness industry. And that's obviously aligning your, your passion with your job, which your now job with what was back then as well. Yeah, exactly. And also obviously the hours, you know, like it, it, it made it, um, well, you know, being a coach made me a better athlete, to be honest, because I was watching people make errors and then also correct their errors and helping them through that every single day, day in and day out. So I was able to then apply that to myself. So um, that was a huge benefit to me as an athlete. And also I was in the gym so I could train and the hours worked to complement me training. So yeah, you just have to be willing to change a few things around, obviously be super realistic because there's a fine line. Um, you've got to like really assess where you're at and, and what is realistic. And that's why I think it has to be progressive. Like, you know, if you're not even close yet, don't quit your whole life and lose everything and, you know, just jump in and kind of just hope for the best just because you want to. Like there has to be sort of an element of considering the reality as well and that there's a lot of hard work that has to come with it. You can't just put yourself into that into that environment and then hope it works out. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of how it's gone for me anyway. 
Yeah, totally. I couldn't agree. There has to be an element of reality to it all as well. Now, Caro, I am like literally following almost every CrossFit athlete on Instagram. That's basically the <laughs> number one portal for everything now. And the common thing is that everyone is always training and to be a, like, cause the sport is ever growing and the fitness, like the standard is constantly evolving and their workouts and everything. And you as an athlete have to ensure that obviously you're up to the challenge. How does an athlete like yourself in the CrossFit realm be able to train two to three times per day? And how do you balance that between your everyday life as well? Like I'm really interested to see how the the mental side of things works for you balancing training two to three times per day and being a, a human at the same time. Oh, it's a mess. It's not glamorous, I promise you. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a few factors that allow it to happen. Um, one of it is obviously just having like, I do what I love and what's important to me. So if you do that, then you're naturally going to find a way to make it happen. You know, like um, if you don't really love it, don't really want it, you're not going to make it happen. That's first and foremost. So there's that element of sort of like mental fortitude and commitment that I have within myself. And then like logistically, it doesn't go down without people around you. Like I'm super lucky, um, you know, Matt's roster, it kind of changes week to week um, and he has like a little bit more time at home when he works night shifts and things like that. So he is able to like co-parent with me really well. So when it comes to my daughter um, and then, you know, obviously I have like really understanding business partners and things like that that just understand that this, my schedule is just all over the place. I have multiple commitments and um, I have to do things at weird times sometimes. And, you know, that's just kind of like how it has to go, but um, it's, it is a true mess and like at times honestly you just you break like I break it doesn't happen like this stuff and anyone I know like doing this kind of stuff if you're juggling more than the one thing like I, I appreciate more than ever now the people who you know just have training and they can just train and that's their job and they can go home and eat and sleep and relax and mobilize and all that. Like they just have no idea. And I didn't appreciate it when I had it. And then now that I have like much more commitment, I need to think about providing for my family and actually raising my daughter and, you know, having a good relationship with my husband and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's heavy. It's like, a, it's a really heavy burden to try and do well at everything and to have enough hours in the day and then still have a moment to like be Cara um and so it takes a lot of navigation and just a lot of I'm constantly trying to find new ways to make it better and just try and yeah it's it's super hard like leading into the games um I there was a point there you know where obviously I was training three times per day and I had my daughter and then you know like I'm filling one of her her sleep time with one workout and then I would do one workout with her in the day um, and when I say one workout, it's not one workout, like it's a whole session. So it's like a couple of hours. Um, so I'd have her out in the backyard with me, you know, trying to interact with her and parent her and play with her in between sets and just do the best I could. Um, then take up her whole entire sleep time where I could normally get other work done or rest. And then I would do one late at night when my husband would come home from work. So, you know, I'd have to put her to bed and it would be like seven or eight o'clock at night and I'd be going again for the third one. So it was not glamorous and I was exhausted 
and trying to juggle all of the other things, but, um, you know, in between and running late on emails and things like that. So um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but it's that little bit easier when you love it. Yeah, definitely. And like burnout is such a huge risk factor for athletes within this sport, especially if you've got extra commitments. And you just said that like sometimes you break. What does breaking look like to you? And how do you get yourself out of that knowing that, look, potentially I don't have the time to, to be able to break, if that makes sense at all, if you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, you d- I definitely, uh, yeah, you don't have the time to just like stop and break and then be okay. So everything, the thing I've learned about having multiple things on my plate or like especially being a parent is everything just has to take way longer. It's a, it's a slow burn. Everything is a slow burn. Nothing can sort of just like happen right now and you just have to sort of like allow that time. So you know, whereas I would normally have burnt out, taken a week to chill, come good, like, you know, pre-baby, pre-business, all of that kind of stuff. But now I just have to like go, oh, I've identified it. I kind of have to stay burnt out for a bit longer while I'm changing one thing each day, like trying to implement new things to fix it and trying to recover, but it's much, much slower. So for me, um, the first thing that I always, always look at is nutrition because that's my background. That's my, one of my other passions is I just truly believe what you put in your body affects, you know, what happens, like how the outcome of everything you do, how you feel, how you act, how you sleep, how you recover, like absolutely everything. And it's, you know, the thing about nutrition is it's, it happens all day long. You eat on and off all day long. So every single meal, every single thing, every sip of water has the opportunity to make you better or worse. So that's the first thing I do. I clean everything up, whatever it is, I clean it up. I, um, you know, restack my supplements or do whatever. That's because it's the easiest thing I can do. Um, that's, that's sort of my first thing, you know, I can't take time to just lie on the lounge for five hours and watch movies. Like that's not going to happen. Um, so I do the things that I'm already doing and try and make them better. Um, you know, maybe try and get into bed a little bit earlier. And, you know, for me, like even moving house recently and then having to like take a step away from our business, they were things that I had to do to prevent me from burning out again. Um, you know, and there's obviously a lot more behind that. I'm not saying everyone should like pack up and walk away from their business or anything, um, or move their house. But if it's not a line, if it's not, if it's not good, um, if it doesn't feel right, like it's okay, you know, you can try it. You can live in a house and think that it's the right one and then it cannot be the right one and you can move on. Like you're not stuck. And I think um, you just have to be willing to make changes. Like we've moved to the coast. We've put ourselves in a position where we can outside of work, we can be in the fresh air and the sunshine. We can be around the beach more. We have more outdoor activities that make us feel better. We put ourselves in an environment so that then outside of work, we're getting more bang for our buck on our like recovery and recreation time. And it's just every little thing like that. That's the thing I learned from training. It's the one percenters. It's all of the little tiny things that add up um, that can that can help prevent that. And, you know, I, I did burn out pretty badly going into competition this year. And, you know, I've said to my coach and I said to my husband, I'm like, I never, ever want to feel like that again. I never, ever want to make that. I never want to let that happen again. I need to change my attitude. I need to change my perception. I need to work on how to make better choices so that I don't get into that position again. And, you know, so I just nitpick myself apart and then just fix stuff one at a time. 
Yeah, I'm blown away, Cara. I'm absolutely so inspired by how you've managed to make this all happen. And like just hearing it back, like you sort of think you have an idea and then hearing it back, it's like, wow, I actually had absolutely no idea. And it's so, it's amazing. And it puts everything into perspective showing that, you know, like you were always there to serve a bigger purpose and there was always something else that you were, you know, dividing your energy between and to make that work because you were so passionate about it is, is super inspiring. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'd love to unpack the games preparation for this year and, you know, how how that affected the sport as a whole, not having the ability to sort of compete in front of crowds and things like that. And I guess we didn't really touch on before for the listeners at home that have never heard about the transition. We spoke about like the Open and the regionals. The next step is the games, correct? Where the, I'm not sure if that's the top percentage of people go yeah. towards the games and, and I'll let you explain that as well, Carl. Yeah, so the CrossFit Games is essentially like the Olympics for CrossFit. So it's the final stage. Everyone's gone through the qualifiers. Um, you know, there's the, they have been changing the process a little bit. So um, just kind of treat it like the Olympics. You've done, you know, two stages or whatever to get there. Um, there's a top portion. So it's usually like the top, I think it's, it, it used to be the top 45. And then with COVID, it went to 30. And then I think it went to 20. And it just like kept changing. But it's like the top chunk of men and women in the world, they go to that competition. And then we go through multiple days of the final test to find the fittest on earth, the fittest woman and the fittest man on earth. So yeah, that's essentially the stage that, you know, we got to that would normally happen in like July, August, but like sort of end of July, start of August, but it got pushed back and then pushed into September. Crazy. And how did that sort of drastic change to the sport affect the sport, do you think, or if it benefited the sport? The uh, being pushed back, is that what you mean? Yeah, and like the, the rule changes in terms of how many people were going towards to compete and things like that. Yeah, look, it's it's always tricky. Like CrossFit's still a new sport, so they're still forever evolving and just trying to find the, the best way to do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it has its def- it definitely has its po- positives and negatives. Like in this COVID scenario, you know, it was obviously they had to make a decision. You know, we ended up having to do it as an online competition rather than travelling to the United States and doing it in person. And I think that was the safest, most yeah logical answer is to not ask that many people to all sort of all travel through you know travel internationally in the middle of a pandemic and things like that so that was that was probably good um with that in mind uh, like in saying that though you know we had to then do an online competition which was with less people so a lot of people missed their spot they went look we you know logistically we can only manage this many people for this competition now so we're going to cut it down to the top 20 of each so then it was really you know sad for a lot of people who had qualified who then didn't get the opportunity to compete um i was lucky to be one of the ones that did get to compete um but then obviously that came with its own challenges of trying to do it online, meaning that you had to do it in your own gym and you had to sort of like run the logistics locally and try and keep up with this like online competition um, without, without the competitive aspect, without, you know, you had to manage your own logistics, which is a huge stress in itself, managing your own, own equipment and all of that kind of stuff and making sure it's to standard. Whereas normally we walk out onto the competition floor, look at the competitors, get fired up and go hard. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't as like primal and as instinctual as it usually was. That was my personal experience anyway. Um, and it was, it was 
yeah, it was kind of a little bit lacklustre compared to what we're used to, you know, being under the stadium lights or out doing crazy events and, you know, doing it in your gym and, yeah, trying to bring it with, you know, my daughter running around yelling at me. <laughs> it, wasn't as, it wasn't as sexy, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And in a solo sport where you're motiv- like you almost have to find that intrinsic motivation and you look for anything, anything external to help motivate you through those tough times, like you said it before, being on the competition floor and looking over at your competitors and that sort of gets you fired up. How did that sort of intrinsic motivation, how did you do that through this tough time? Yeah, like I did, you know, I did the best I could just based off like tools that I've had in the past, you know, try and use past experiences to motivate me, try and, you know, use where I am to motivate me and to, to drive me and visualization and thinking about doing it for my daughter and with her there and with people around me. And, you know, you just use whatever you can to, to find the fire. Um, and I definitely was able to, you know, bring it at times, but I think, um, I think for me that, that wasn't as much of an issue as it just was, being like the season just dragged out so much for me like I um you know this was my postpartum season too right so I was you know building back from having a baby and I didn't really then have an off season so it just stretched out a really long time before I got to have like a proper deload and so I think I was just I was just exhausted um, and then going into a competition that didn't have all the fun, flashy stuff, it was like a little bit harder to like pretend that you're not exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. It's like been a whirlwind sort of year. I can't even begin to imagine what it was like in that situation. You touched on it before, but you were coming back from having a beautiful baby girl in 2019. And like, how did your mindset have to evolve within that realm as well, noticing that maybe like you touched on it before, that you can't be doing the things that you used to do. And how did you make that work to be able to fit it in to make sure that you're still doing enough, but still being a mum and still recovering and still listening to your body and still doing all those holistic things that you care so much about? Yeah, it's, um, look, you go through, for me, I went through like a few different stages. So right after I had my daughter, I didn't have any expectations of myself. I knew I was super realistic in knowing that I've never had a baby before. I don't know how it feels. I don't know how to recover. I don't know what to expect. I don't know if I'll ever be really strong or fit again or if I'll be better or, you know, like I don't know. This is, you know, uncharted territory for me. So um, I just rolled with it and I really, really just opened myself up to the experience and I just knew that I really wanted to make sure that I spent – um, good quality time with my daughter and that I, you know, did that the way I wanted to. And obviously I wanted to breastfeed her and do all those kind of things that I was trying to manage. And so it was much easier in the early days. And then what happened for me is I did that and I just rolled with it and I listened to my body and that works just for everyone listening. It works when you just listen to your body and things just happen and they're good. So I got a lot better than I expected Um, quite quickly I kind of like got to a point of you know fitness and everything um, a little bit more than I expected and then that brought its own set of challenges because now I was better I didn't I mentally didn't expect to be better Um, and so then I started to like have a little bit of pressure on myself and go okay well now I've gotten here Um, now I've got to kind of maintain it and you know I realized that you know after you have a baby like the progress is not linear 
it's not like you just get your strength and you know you get this back and they get to a stage and then it's all good it's like up and down constantly you know there's easier times and harder times and um you know still still now you know like we're in a really hard time of training now because she's just a tornado and she's can hurt herself but um yeah it's just there's definitely like a few stages to it but um and it's hard not being able to work off your own clock and just having to like always come back and you have you know you get interrupted and I think I've just had a conversation with myself so many times that's like something is better than nothing and you know I recently was just saying like showing up adds up like that's what I just keep thinking I'm like just show up and it's going to be better than not showing up like just whatever capacity that is like if she's there with me doing a workout and um, I have to stop I just have to stop like it's not the end of the world I just have to stop I can try and restart again or I can try later or whatever Um, but it's just not a reason to like not try it when I know how good it is for me and how you know that it will be worth it in the end so there's just like a, a lot of self-talk you just and it, there's a lot of self-talk and sometimes it's really um it's really positive and sometimes it brings you down and that's where you just gotta you know be down there for a minute and then try and get yourself back up or lean on people around you to help get you get you back up but it is up and down like it's it is definitely a roller coaster yeah and just accepting that it's one of the hardest things especially mentally and in a sport that requires you to push past the voice in your head that's telling you like maybe you need to stop um like obviously you're trying to push past those physical barriers to get to the other side how challenging was that mentally saying no I have to slow down here and I have to listen to my body yeah it's like it's it was kind of a relief at times because I was so used to just like putting my head down and going so hard that it was actually almost a breath of fresh air to like have permission to pull back a little bit at times that at at times I actually felt really like yeah I felt nice having that permission like giving myself that permission to do that and I was kind of grateful that you know having my daughter allowed me to to think that way Uh, and then obviously sometimes it's like super frustrating to you know you're ready you're ready to go and you've got to pull yourself back and there's like so many little things um you know like you know with a baby like uh, my biggest one that I the biggest hurdle with like being an athlete um or just you know a business person or anything is breastfeeding because I'm trying to provide sustenance for my child like to keep her alive and keep her healthy so then I need to be healthy and then that happens at random times and so sometimes you have to stop and you have to pull back and you got to drink more water and you have to supplement a certain way but you can't have those supplements that you know would be really good for you right now but you can't take them because you're breastfeeding so you have to like constantly find alternatives and and workarounds to to like keep moving forward and yeah it's just it's the logistics it's just the logistics of it all that make it a little bit tricky but um it's temporary too right you know um and I really do listen to people who have done it before me and I've spoken to other people who have been athletes other women who have been athletes and they've had children and then you know one day they grow up and they're just not little anymore so I I listen to that advice and I try and be present and um yeah we just do the best we can I think we're just try and have good intentions and make decisions like make the best decisions that we can with what we've got we'll make some mistakes along the way but we'll just try and never make those same mistakes again yeah really really vital bit of advice wherever you are on your sort of motherhood or parenthood journey I think that that's fantastic advice and even if you aren't 
our parents, so to speak, like that advice is very universal. You can take that and apply that to any sort of field that you are in. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And Cara, I'm interested, did you have the guidance of like a, a specific coach or a nutritionist through your pregnancy and sort of um, in that development stage as well to get through? Um, yeah, so I got kind of like a handful of people I just leaned on at different times, just depending on what I needed. Um, so I've always worked really closely with a naturopath. I'm a very like holistic, you know, nature knows best kind of person. That's the, my approach to life. And as I get older, I'm getting more and more that way. Um, and uh, it's, it's a very, very peaceful way to live, to be honest, to like, just trust that things have been designed in a certain way and just to find their natural state. And, um, and so, yeah, I worked with my naturopath a lot. I'd been working with her just as an athlete before I fell pregnant. She just sort of would help me with different things, you know, in states of like adrenal fatigue and inflammation and things like that. And then um, she helped me on a hormonal level then uh, moving into like before I fell pregnant with my daughter, just making sure that, you know, all my female hormones were working as they were sort of supposed to work uh, while I was being an athlete, because obviously it comes with a big, big strain on your body. And then, um, yeah, and then I worked with her through it and afterwards and she kind of checked in with me, but it was pretty casual and just as needed, just based off how I was feeling. And if anything was sort of a little bit askew, then I would, I would go to her again. And then I, my coach who coached me before having a baby, he helped me through um, my pregnant training as well. So he wrote that for me and we just made adjustments as we went based off scientific information and how I was feeling. And yeah, then like nutrition wise, I had a lot of information again, like it's kind of my passion. So I like did a lot of research and, um, but also sort of just open, just realized that I was like a pregnant lady. So just to like relax a little <laughs> and not, not, not stress about it too much. I didn't, I definitely didn't like eat junk food or anything, but just like not worry about like counting my macros type thing. You know, I was like, I just need to make sure that I follow my basic cues and make sure I'm eating enough food and hydrating and doing all of those right things. And if I'm crashing, then I'm probably not doing enough. Um, and yeah, that was pretty much it. And then just like, yeah, just watch and learn. Yeah, definitely. I love that. I, um, I'm so like intrigued at how you have the ability to almost flick that switch between listening to your body and, um, and stopping and thrashing yourself on, on the CrossFit floor. I, I find it so captivating. Yeah, it's, um, look, I don't think you ever master it. I've definitely gotten better at it over time, but there are definitely times like perfect example. The other day I was like feeling a bit sick. I had like this sinus and kind of like head cold. Um, and, and I said to Matt, I'm like, I'm at that point now. I was like super sore. I just started back in training. My, the doms in my leg was legs were like ridiculous. And I said to him, I'm at that weird point where like, you're like, is training going to make me feel better or worse? It's 50, 50. And like still to this day, like most times I get it right. And then sometimes you don't, you know, and you train and you shouldn't have, and you go, Oh no, now I feel worse. Or you train, you're like, yes, I'm so glad I did that. I did something light and sweaty and I feel a million times better for it. Um, but yeah, you, you kind of just pick up and learn the cues along the way, as long as you're paying attention and not just going through the motions, but you still never, yeah, I just don't think you can ever perfect it. Yeah, so, so true. Now, Cara, before we wrap up the podcast, I want to flash it back a little bit and talk about the experience you had in 2017 coming second at the Games. That's like the second fittest on earth, which is incredible. What was your headspace at the time and, and training for that? How did you, what did you change from the year before or 
And how do you try and replicate that in your training going forward if you do? You know what? It's super interesting. Every time I talk about 2017, I get like goosebumps. But um, I changed everything in 2017. So it's funny because I'm going through this transition again now. Um, Less drastically, different changes, but same kind of thing. Like I said, I'm always looking for ways to just like make my days better. So if something just feels like, "Mm, no, it's not quite right, we change it. Like we weren't happy with where we were living, we move. Like we don't wait, we just like, let's go. So in 2017, um, you know, just where I was in my life, in my work and in a relationship and pretty much everything, it was just like not quite right. And I had this moment where I really realized that and I just changed it all. I absolutely changed it all and said, I'm just going to do stuff that um, feels a little bit more true to me and that makes me really, really happy and I'm just going to roll with it. And so I did that and I went into the competition in 2017. I hadn't even trained my best. I had been like going out and relaxing and, you know, drinking wine and like not the athlete recipe at all, but I was happy. I was really, really happy. And I went out into the games and I said to myself, I've always been like so, you know, cutthroat. You talk to anyone, they're like, yeah, car on the competition floor, you know, like before 2017, I'd go out, I wouldn't really talk to anyone. I'd just kind of like go out and stay with my coach and, you know, be really closed off and competitive. And I went out into 2017 on the comp floor. And as soon as I got there, I was like, I'm going to talk to everyone. I'm going to smile at everyone. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to chat. I'm just going to be relaxed. I'm going to have a good time. And I'm just going to take it one at a time. And um, I went out there and I just had a blast. Like I had such a good time. I took one event at a time, never worried about the leaderboard, just did workouts. It was like the only time I've ever felt myself in like the flow state, just like totally in the zone as an athlete. And, and I, I did the best I've ever done. And um, just recently, like, you know, through COVID and everything, we had these like massive changes and some really, really hard stuff, you know, with the business and everything like that and stuff that can like really, it could crush a person. And we made these positive changes. And like, you know, when I burnt out, I said to Matt, like, and I said to my coach just recently, I'm like, I never want to feel like that again. I said, I want to go back to like the love, you know, I want to, I've put myself in a position where I can like live these really great days. I want to love what I do. I want to have fun. I want to be nice to people. I don't want to take it too seriously. I want to work hard, but not stress. So like, you know, be committed, but not stress and find that balance. And I think then no matter what happens, I'm going to be, I'm going to be okay with whatever outcome, but I do truly feel like if I can do that, I'm going to perform and compete better than I ever have. So that's my goal right now. I'm like just working on it, ready, getting it set up for the new year. Hopefully history repeats itself, but one better next time. That'd be amazing. Take my little girl up. <laughs> <laughs> so incredible, Kara. And it just goes to show that through great adversity comes, you know, great strength and great growth. And you have to go through those sort of difficult quote unquote times that, you know, to get to the other side and, and know what it's, what it's taken to get there. Cara, this has been an incredible conversation. It's been a real pinch me moment from, you know, watching you and being inspired by you on social media, on TV and all that sort of stuff to be able to pick your brain here today. It's been amazing. You're an inspiration for so many young athletes out there and older athletes as well. But I'm really interested to see who inspires you and and how do you, what makes you tick in that realm? Uh, You know what, I think, the kind of people, you know, there's an overall kind of person that inspires me the most and that's just people who are looking for 
you know, trying new things who are just trying to live better days. So just people out there asking questions and, you know, not making judgment or anything like that, but just trying to find ways to live really good, healthy, happy lives. And I mean, I'm just personally really attracted to people who try hard, um, you know, and that are really positive about that. And that can just be like an everyday person. I just, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be anyone like crazy and, you know, like super inspirational, but um, yeah, I just look, I look for that in pretty much anyone, anywhere. And because it does obviously really help me. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of people who are doing research and trying to find more and trying to find ways to, you know, educate people on how to, yeah, like navigate themselves a little bit better. I think um, we're, we all get a little bit lost in that regard. So, yeah, I sort of follow insp- inspiring people who maybe are, you know, people don't even know their names. Um, but, yeah, they're just doing cool research and just trying to teach people how to be accountable for their own health and their happiness and, um, yeah, and try and help guide them through that. So that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of like who I look at. Obviously, there's like people doing really well in their fields and stuff like that, but, um, I kind of try and keep it small because I think you can get a lot out of just the people around you even more than say the people that you follow. Yeah, I've had a, a number of athletes on the podcast and they all say the exact same thing as you, Cara, that their motivation is coming from people that are close to them and they're inspired by people that they can physically be in contact with. And I guess that's sort of almost going against the grain to what we know as you know young children. We look up to these amazing athletes that we see on TV and and um and movies and things like that which is fantastic but having that role model that's close to home that you can actually be in constant communication with I think is super super beneficial as well and very underrated yeah for sure and I think um the thing about like these days too with like social media and stuff and like I know it like I could be a terrible person and you wouldn't even know like you just you know look at social media look at Instagram see what I've chosen to put up there and then you could be inspired by something that's totally false and there's a lot of that out there so um, there's a lot of good too so you just have to like sort of try and navigate it and find the good but um, yeah I think there's a lot to be gained from you know the people around you and that could be anyone like that could just be someone who's like really really nice and works at your supermarket you know and they're just friendly to everyone walking through like there's a lot to gain from just observing someone like that. Yeah, so, so true, Cara. I could not agree more. Thank you so much for sharing your incredible journey with us all and giving us some really positive Thank you so much, Cara. Thank you for having me. It's nice to chat about it and give myself a little friendly reminder too. There you have it, friends. What an amazing opportunity that was to be able to pick the brain of arguably one of the most talented female athletes across the globe. Cara, thank you so much for shedding insight into your personal life as well as what life is like for you on the competition floor. I know sharing your wisdom and being able to pick your brain was a real bucket list item of mine, so thank you so much for the opportunity. Friends, if you're loving the content so far, don't forget to head on over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the podcast. That's all I have for you this week. I will see you next week on the Euphoria Health Podcast.